Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. I am Tiffany, liquid enthusiast. Is that what oh, we yeah. decided on? Yeah, we said liquid enthusiast. Okay, liquid, liquid enthusiast. Okay, yeah. we'll get it smoother in the next one. Yeah, yeah. Right. I just actually couldn't remember when you started yeah. talking. I we was like, said oh, it before. what was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, welcome to episode three of the BOS Podcast Link Up series, where we focus on uh, a nonprofit called Link Up for this entire season. There will be an ongoing season of the podcast, and uh, if you're not sure what Link Up is, probably go back to the first episode. Oh, yeah. We talk about that in depth, and, um, you know, it's, a, it's been a, a great series so far. It's something a little different for us, you know, being that it's short, it keeps us in line. It's, uh, it's yeah, been a lot of fun. It's not even bite-sized. It's, it's bite-sized in your category. Yes. Because it's like 30 to 40. Yes. But, um, yeah. yeah, generally this is just... A regular podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, def- definitely. So this evening, now we're moving to the uh, third week of the Link Up launch series of collaborative beers. We did that with six different breweries across Ontario and Quebec, three in each province. The first two, we had Dominion City, we had Town. Now we have week three. It's the first brewery in Quebec. Obviously, uh, these guys, right, actually we'll talk about how many times they've been on in a second, but we'll bring him right on in. Super faves. Super faves. We have Uncle Derek Robinson from Pub Brewski in Montreal. There he is. Montreal's podcast king. <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> doing good, doing good. And we just uh, figured out, so now I have this, uh, we wrote it down. So if you want to hear the whole Pub Brewski story, we have uh, Derek and Guillaume on episode 68 of the OG series. We have them both on episode one of our Against the Grain season. And uh, Derek hung out with Noah and myself on the uh, adjunct series, Quarantine episode number 36. And, this and is if a- you ever go to the YouTube channel, yes. you'll hear Derek's voice on repeat because he's the trailer. He's yes, the beginning the of the trailer. So I hear your voice like, all the time. Probably like <laughs> six times a week. You know, and um, what do I say? What is this? You said, <laughs> you know, it's all like the. Um, uh, you know, it's all something when you when you like you talk about when you go to different breweries. Yeah. And you, can't, um, you asked me this last time I told you, and I always fit, I've heard it eight hundred yeah, times, but times. I can't yeah. recite it. You know, I almost feel like I want to play it now. It's crazy. No, she'll she'll play it now in the I background. I want to play it because because it's pretty funny um, that it keeps coming up. So we made a trailer for that against. But it's funny because like on our other YouTube channel, I'm the one, so you just keep hearing my voice every time every time you go to the channel, and yeah. it's just like. A, and now with. VOS you hear from that season because that was the first season we actually made a trailer for yeah which was uh, pretty funny yeah, just, oh, and then COVID went in the I don't even know how to find it if you're logged into it it's because I'm returning yeah I'm you can go in there person. but while she's finding that we're going to get it kicked off with the Pub Brewski Link Up beer that we all have right here I think oh yeah. oh there it is there it is there she is we're going to go this way there it is so tell us about this one bro because this is the first one the first two we had were uh, 6% and no 5 and 6% now we're ramping right up to uh, 8.5. Um, this is a big guy. Every time. Mate, it's, uh, it's how we're getting down. Tell us about this one, dude. Uh, kind of simple. We just, um, we always kind of play around with our malt bill, did something a little bit on our, maybe lower oat side than we generally do. So maybe hit 20% oats. And uh, we went a little bit like big, danky, and safe, I guess. Like Strata Galaxy and Stitcher is always a safe bet. And we just wanted something that was going to be as aromatic as possible, as hazy as possible, and really try to hit you over the head with this is the double IPA. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, you cannot mistake it. Um, it's definitely yeah. super aromatic. 
lots of like I would say like yeah, dank for sure, like citrusy, like orange or, or grapefruit pithy vibes on the nose. Um, really nice and murky and hazy, foamy head. First of all, cheers, bro. Cheers, cheers babe. Get that in you. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. Yeah. It's got that um, real silky. Your buddy is is just uh, well, your buddy, but the beer's buddy too. Is spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> For, yeah, yeah, that's right. Get the cannons yeah. out. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's like you guys really just whatever you do, you're a magician with the uh, with the body of your, your hazy IPAs is just insane and it's carried through here for sure. Um, I'm not, it's like a, a like I'm getting a little touch of um, is it a little green or maybe it's a little touch of pine or something in there or is it maybe the dankness? It's like I find Galaxy, especially in the first month, comes off. A little bit intense. Yeah, it's nice. That's a good point. Like uh, with the amount of intensity I like about it, it gets like, like we, sometimes we could consider it stringent too. Sometimes a little, a little bit tasty, a little bit stick on your tongue. Yeah, not so green. Because to me, greens like pickle, like prickle the back of the throat. You're right. Yes, uh, that's it. The thing that like you fin, if you finished a beer and then you have a pilsner and it tastes just as hoppy, it's because the beer before was way too green. That's usually <laughs> what I consider. That's it's like it having spicy food. You have like spicy food. You have a bowl of soup after that's just hot. It just like triggers that thing again. It's because that the, the thing before was spicy. It's not your soup. So same thing. Okay, okay. interesting. Gotcha. Yeah, and so the green is. It's a hundred percent that the the prick at your back of your throat. You feel like yeah, it's like a, digested a one hop or something. You actually put one yeah. hop in your mouth. Yeah, and you it. you're right about galaxy. When we did our, first I was thinking that, but I'm not getting this like from there. When we because did, it, yeah, when we did it. our collab, it actually made me think like not that I didn't like. So we did a collab, get it in ya. We uh, saw our city in 2018. It's our first can we did, yeah. and they typically didn't make a lot of double IPAs. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, sorry. So the galaxy, I just felt like it came through so strong. It was so intense. And then anytime I had any beer with galaxy, I felt like I could just taste it immediately. It was just like too strong. It was just too much. It was so intense that you could drink that beer and it was fine after six months. <laughs> it that's tasted like nothing was. changed. That's how that's It was how. like, it was the most intense thing I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I just think I didn't know how to work. We called it Get It In though. Yeah, so it, was, it was really just it really got punch you it in the face. Uh, so it's yes, yeah, you're right about Galaxy. That I was the first time we realized at all no. here. Yeah, because like, you worked with a nice. Why? I mean, we've said this in the other episodes as well, but we had no, um, we didn't contribute to the beer. We didn't ask you to do to do anything specific. We're like, you know, the world yeah. is yours. Why did you choose to do a specifically, you know, a big boozy double IPA for this? I think just because most people want a double IPA, like one of the best selling best selling cans you can do are going to be strong cans, right. like good strong double IPAs. When it deals like with on premise consumption, double IPAs are up there, but like you're going to hit more volume on pale ales, pilsners, like six five IPAs, like mm -hmm. double IPAs. There's consumption for them, but not as high. However, take home beers, like everybody likes the higher percentage stuff. Like when we look at five fives, it sits on it's, it'll sit in the fridge a little bit longer than what we necessarily like. So the idea here was like let's just make let's make something eight five. People people will pick it up real quick and nobody ever complains about high percentage alcohol. So. Right That's a great point. I love that. That's actually the exact same thing that you did the same thing that Town did, which I really like. We didn't talk to Dominion about it, but Town was like, We're gonna brew a beer that we know everybody loves. And is going to sell, yeah. and that he's going to like move. So he's like, we knew that our audience just loved this type of beer, so we uh, rocked it. 
um, it's that and also like obviously you, people always be happier about having an eight five and it was kind of in our schedule that we needed to make that strength of fear too because like a lot of our production is based on on not necessarily can it's like cans are not that important it's more about looking up at the beer board like whatever we're selling on tap and what is missing so like we'll see stuff that's about to end. We're like, okay, we need to do a double IPA. This kind of lines up with link up perfect. This will be just the link up stuff. We make up the schedule. We make up the beers pretty much like the day that we're brewing. <laughs> like right now, Guillaume texted me to go, what are the hops for the beer we're canning next week? Like, because I'm going to dry hop it tomorrow. We're getting the labels done and then we're going to get the stuff and we're going to have that out next week. But I don't even know the hops on it yet. Like, like we do hop tests, we get, like, it's always up in the air a bit, but it's uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a strenuous situation that way. But it's uh, like it, it leaves a lot of letting the beer kind of decide which way we go. So we'll do like figure it out. We'll do dry hop tests on like small portions of stuff, taste stuff out. Like is the link up? Did I know what hop combination was going to be? Not really. The beer just tasted the best with these three different hops when we did the hop test, and that's what it went. Amazing. Um, yeah. On another podcast, I'd probably ask more about. No, I'm hop so curious was. actually about the hop test. Okay, we can get into that one. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking about like this blending of hops. Even I don't know why you're talking. Yeah. So yeah, can you talk a little bit more about what that looks like? So what we do is a bit different than what other people will do, I guess. Um, like we're in the uh, like what we end up doing is a, is a little bit more similar to what Ontario breweries do Quebec breweries don't do it so much we most of our dry hopping is done post fermentation okay. so we finish fermentation we drop out the yeast get everything out of there crash it down a little bit colder like fermentation's 20 degrees celsius we knock it down to 15 when it's at that temperature we'll we'll drag off like 500 milliliter bottles and throw 16 grams per liter 16 to 20 grams per liter is our general dry hop. And we just throw single hops into different bottles. So we could have, for Link Up, let's say we have five different hops going at it. So we'll hit like Strata, Galaxy, uh, Citra, a Mosaic, and maybe something funky uh, like an Eclipse or something. And then so we just sit around the table, like we let that sit a day, we shake the bottles like a little bit, then the next day we strain them out and then we'll just taste the cups individually. And then we'll go, okay, the beer really want, like, it seems to fit really nicely with one part Strata, two parts Galaxy, and uh, two parts uh, Citra. And wow. we, like, we'll mix the so batters cool. together. We find it works okay, then we'll just start dry hopping that method after that. That then, is like, so cool. We'll split dry hops now. Like, we now split, like, I, I used to do just one big addition. We've started splitting it up because it seems to work a little bit better. And I get to tune it in a little bit more, too. So it's like it's just it's a method that we've discovered. And it's great for collaborations because it makes it so that, like, we can brew in and then some collaboration people will come in and, like, we get to decide the dry hopping a little bit more precisely this way. Hmm. Uh, but that's because we do mostly post-fermentation dry hopping. We're, but, yeah, that's what we do uh, on these guys. That is sick. That's sick. Happen. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> this is very yeah. cool. Is that is that something you guys came up with, or is it like a something that other people do? Not <clears throat> really. I, I think other people kind of do it. Uh, it's, it's it's a common practice to do like dry hopping tests to go taste your new lot of dry hops and figure it out. I haven't really heard too many people do what we do, where we really just split them up, do 16 grams per liter, and then just 
that we can hand blend these things into a flavor that we like. We're in the like I, I've never been to a place that kind of does it that way. It's part of really like we have this new hop. Like today we did a we did a dry hop with 630, which is a hop that we've never used before. So we'll just throw it into a test beer to see what it tastes like after a 24 hour of, of infusion. And then we'll see if we want to do a single hop on it or not. Uh, but like it's it's very very common in that way, but not necessarily from for every brewer as a deciding factor. Gotcha. I love that. Yeah, that is super dope. Well, this one came out gorgeously. Yeah. The the other question for uh, for those who are watching um, just here, we're going to talk yeah. about the can label art here. Now, this is something super cool. Another thing that we did not interfere with. Um, in the process was just letting the breweries kind of like do what can you tell oh, them please? Me. yeah so sorry um, we let the breweries just do their thing man no way to just call it link up and, and, and put uh, and do your own thing so yeah. here you guys have got like the the, the does, it, does this character is it the same guy like the kind of scientist guy does he have a name or anything uh, it's pretty much it, it's this dude right so it's like uh, like okay, a yeah. logo guy that we kind of we let the artists do a little bit of anything they want as long as there's a dude like even a girl too it doesn't it doesn't really matter we've done every kind of logo as long as they have a monocle more or less we're uh, satisfied it doesn't matter uh, so in a case like this like the logo was just about kind of like we didn't want to like the reason why it's just a hop is just to be inclusive I guess we didn't want to choose any any uh, like non representative we just decided to go. Let's just do it easy. Have a person that's a just have a dry hop, like handshaking the uh, handshaking the professor, and uh, that's pretty much it. I love so there's like a random guy in the background. So is this everybody linking up together? Is that what's happening? Oh, yeah, the hop. Like coming you into know, like, like the hop another, in the background. Yeah. He's like, hey, how's it going, guys? And then there's like this other guy who's so like, hey, what's happening? What's happening over there? It's just like a little party so, happening. Tell you the truth, I kind of ju- I see the cans when they're when they're on the canning line. Guillaume. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, there's a guy over I here. Yeah. Uh, well, I love it. I like the attention to yeah, detail. Man. I like the link up logo on the guy's like, um, what's the thing called? Oh shit. On yeah, the pocket. You know, I like, didn't yeah, even the pocket. notice that. Yeah, it's oh, just like very sick. cool. It was really well done. Yeah. Um, and I just love it. And the thing I've enjoyed about this mm-hmm. is because we're like, hey, do your own thing. We just kind of like keep seeing every brewery's representation or interpretation of Link Up in a way or like they own and just doing their thing with it. Um, and it's really cool. Yeah. So uh, that's well, what I love. It's one of the things we love the most, like the artwork that we've, like, we honed everything in, be it from beer, from like our beer quality and then also like just what we're able to output as new artwork and new beers and like uh, just new ideas on a weekly basis is what we try to do as much as possible. So something like that to us is it's nice. It's uh, it's uh, it's like our artists are are amazing. We get really nice things and we get them on quick turnarounds because because that's how we work. As I said, we're canning the the beer next week that we're going to figure out what we're doing tomorrow that I got label artwork for today. That's Guillaume. Guillaume does the art stuff the name stuff that does all that stuff I end up doing all the other beer stuff yeah splitter good, good splitter work I love it yeah so when we hit you up I know obviously we've known each other since I think 2017 um I think we met I just got my PR and we took our friends to the ones who, who lived in the old port we took them to Brewski and oh then my gosh. the girl 
I don't know, knew us from BOS and said that you were here and or I asked, I can't remember what it was, we came up and we had a chat for a bit. I remember that specifically. So, you know, we know each yeah. other for a while. So obviously the people that we asked for this series, you know, people are probably starting to see a bit of a pattern here. There's simply, you know, really highly respected breweries. Um, that aside, obviously maybe you felt more indebted to do it because it was someone that you knew Ask, yeah, you, you can still say no. You can still say no, and I wouldn't be offended. That's true. Um, you know, no. but like, I was just curious. Why, why did you? What about the link up program? You know, was interesting enough um, to you to want to, you know, produce a beer and then participate in the, in the program? Well, it definitely has to do with with you bringing it up one day to us. So, there's, so definitely, like that initial contact of knowing you guys and then like uh just already seeing a certain level of involvement of like the the local craft community just it makes a bit of a difference when when the people like it's it doesn't become like just this big american thing or this big international thing it's just like hey there's somebody local that's deciding to do something like that that will actually affect your local community more than anything else so i think that's the major reason why we're like because it's like the small industry we support ourselves each other as much as possible and especially like the uh i think as you go down in volumes of people that end up making beer the more closely related we are to each other if we make the same styles of beer yeah. like obviously if you if you're more in the pilsner game and you're more in the <laughs> classic other style like the Let's say the five-year-old styles of beer, they're in their own little, little like they're in their own little group. Us that are making a little bit more hyper styles are in their own little group, and then like there's going to be another group that develops be when we become old because we made smooth <laughs> that Everybody smoking whatever the hell is the new stuff, but there's going to be it's just, it was just like a nice thing to to be part of that like that that community of the like cuz i think everybody that does this kind of stuff or people that are passionate and they care and it's nice to uh to find like to 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 find these like organize i guess just not only organizations but these ideas that are like how can we push our industry to move not just industries right cuz mm -hmm. like cuz that's what happens more often than not like people get a little bit not greedy but they start going like across the board and try to change things in too wide of two and too many things and it's just complicated it's like okay we're going to make restaurants more uh more inclusive make breweries more inclusive make brew pubs make uh make uh, bars make clubs it's like that's too much like <laughs> yeah i right. think this more direct vision of how can we look out at our small industry which is a very small one but and figure out how we can do something to just make it a little bit more inclusive. Yeah. No, I love cool. that. Last week I came and we hung out for a few hours. I already thought we'd be there for like 30 minutes. We were there for like three hours. And we, we got, no, and he's like, oh no, I'm just going to like quickly head like down. Hour. I'll be back in like an hour. Derek's and busy. And I was like, yeah, right. See you, you later like, this evening. Yeah. I, I was like, sure. I, I didn't mean to take out that much time, but we just got <laughs> yapping and I couldn't believe how much time went. But uh, that's what tends to happen whenever we, uh, we kick it. But, um, we had a really good conversation about all of this type of stuff. And one of the things I brought up was the fact that in the, the Black is Beautiful concept was something that um, you know happened last summer and uh, it's still around obviously today. In Canada, obviously it was more of an American focused thing, but in Canada, a lot of breweries did get involved. And in Quebec, it was one of the lowest sort of uptake on it. I think there was three breweries in Canada. And we, we were just talking about 
why you specifically chose not to get involved with that one. And I'd like to just, because I think the reason I mentioned that is a lot, there seems to be maybe a little bit more of, well, not a little bit, because that's not true, a reasonably larger lack of focus on diversity and inclusion and stuff in Quebec specifically in comparison with Ontario, which right now are the two markets that are, link up or focused on it's our two home markets so that's where we can affect the most change kind of as you said we're trying to do it in our own backyard so um i was curious to sort of you know what your thoughts of the black is beautiful program were and then also the second part would be like why why do you think that quebec doesn't have that same focus on this diversity and inclusion uh in the craft beer industry that perhaps they do in other places yeah well to start with the black and beautiful thing, it was kind of, it was a project that I was interested in doing. The only problem I had with not doing it was the, just how it was explained on the website, how it was explained that you were supposed to, uh, to follow the guidelines for it, which was kind of simple, is that all proceeds were supposed to go to a, uh, like a local, uh, just black charity or black support or whatever version of what it was. Um, what I didn't like about that is like, because there was a big debate internally of what is considered proceeds, and we went and we like we did we did research and we and proceeds, like as much as we could figure it out, meant that you had to give all the money, not profits, not an amount, like, and it's just so if you sold a bottle for twenty bucks, you're supposed to give twenty bucks based on that's what the proceeds were. And it was just at a time where we had closed our restaurants, closed everything. It's a bit too much of an ask to be able to do something like this. Then with the amount of time going by, we had started learning about that most people that were doing it were not really doing it that way. They were doing more and more, like, give a dollar, give two dollars a bottle or a can or whatever they were doing. So a lot less than what the actual... uh, the actual documentation was saying to be part of the thing was to give all the proceeds towards. And then I guess at, at a certain amount of time, when we start figuring out that that's what you can necessarily do. I don't know. Like we didn't reconsider jumping on because it was like middle of summer. We are, we were already kind of running around trying to figure out what we have to do ourselves. Just get beer and just beer out. It was kind of complicated. So that's the major, the major reason why we never end up, ended up doing it. Um, Forget what the uh, what was the second point. Was second the, point uh, was I like yeah because it was a two part question. It was sorry. Like, the it. second point is really just like and there you go. So you gave your reasoning behind it, but just like in general, I think yeah. in Quebec, it's just not really like a focus in any way. And I think Black is Beautiful, the lack of participation around Black is Beautiful, like you're seeing very logistical from that I understand. Um, but even speaking just widely, it just feels like it's just not something that's really a focus. So as a, a Quebecer, you know, you're here, like, what do you find, like, what do you think is the reason why something like Black is Beautiful or initiatives around diversity might not be hopped on in the same way or embraced in the same way as it would in, like, a place like Ontario? It, it's something I was, like, a little bit talking about with, uh, uh, last time when we met was, like, because I come from the, the Laurentians, I come from the country, there's... Like, there's a complete lack of diversity over there. Mm-hmm. So, and even if you wanted to have diversity, there just wouldn't be any people to be diverse with. Like, I went to a high, I went to a high school that had a thousand people. One, there was one black person, one Asian person, 
And I, there was like three English people. I was one of those people. You know, that's the level of diversity there was. And it was only once you come, I came to Montreal that I was like, oh, look, there's, there's a bunch of different styles of people. Like it's, you see that you see a lot of diversity on TV. You see diversity a little bit everywhere, but you're not necessarily cap- like surrounded by it at all. So it's one of the things that, like, I mean, that's kind of the, the reality of most of Quebec is that unless you're going to like certain like density of populations, you're not going to have that diverse of a crowd of people. But that means that like places that are in Montreal, that are in Quebec City, that are in like, like in, in cities that contain cities or towns that contain enough people, there is like effort to be done to try to create a level of diversity to try to get this, to just get anybody in. That's that. That feels like the the crowd that is craft beer doesn't represent what they necessarily like. What they necessarily want to have as an experience, like come drink these things and come, or come to the bars and come just experience our whole our whole atmosphere that we're doing. I guess. Right. Yeah, it's interesting too because, and, and that's fair. So it's more like they're just because it's real population. It's kind of what it's even like here, where it's like you don't see the issue because it's not like around you, so it's just not a consideration. What about in Montreal then? Because that's a, I think that's a fair point because you can't expect if it's not in that community, then why would they think about it? That that's completely valid. Mm -hmm. If you want to look at, I guess, well, Quebec City, Montreal, maybe Gatineau or something like that, where there's probably a reasonable amount of. You know, diversity. Sure. Like St. Jerome and stuff. Like, there's cities that have a certain amount of population will have a little bit more diversity inside. Okay. So, then what about the breweries? Do you, I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm not putting you on the spot here, but like, just curious to, to, to maybe the thinking of the province um, and the, you know, the, the culture, like in those cities. Once again, I think the, I forgot who the three breweries were. I think Sankiem, Bar Canada, and, and um, Sir, John. Sir John. So that's in all in that same little corridor. Two in Gatineau, Aoma, and the Chute. Yeah. So none in Montreal, not a single one in Montreal, none in Quebec City. Um, and that's where the people are. And this is just asking for a straight up theory because obviously, like, there's probably no simple answer. But I guess I'm getting to the, the the point of this just to try and let you know people watching or listening to understand sort of what Quebec is. You know the challenges specifically here with diversifying craft beer. Um, do you have any theories as to why maybe people in those larger areas then didn't participate? Obviously, yes. I may. I mean, maybe sharing your initial reason, which is fair, that you wanted to participate in the program properly and giving one hundred percent of proceeds wasn't feasible. Uh, feasible three months after uh, a pandemic, uh, you know, hit, and you're trying to sort of get on your feet type of thing. Yeah, so, so I was breaking up a, a touch at the end. Do you hear me okay? I can hear you oh, okay. Oh, sorry. You know, it's probably because I airdropped Craig a background for this. Yes. Okay. It was the... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's because I, air, I think I airdropped him and it uh, cut you off. And it cut it out. So I, yeah. didn't really, I didn't really get the last part, but I think what it comes out to is, uh, like, you were just wondering the main reason why we wanted to be included inside of this. Is that what you were? What was the main reason why... Um, Quebec, like yeah, why Quebec? No, the cities or the cities, the cities where the population are: Montreal, Gatineau, Quebec City. Why do you think that most of those places still didn't participate in something like Black is Beautiful, which was just and the only reason I mentioned them, they're the the biggest known 
It was like a large movement that was like obvious and known at the time, I guess you could say. It was Correct. like the biggest like show of like, oh, I'm trying to show that I support this initiative. Yes. Not exactly sure why not. Like, I'm trying to think of who actually ended up jumping up onto them. Bar Canada, uh, Sankiem, and Sir John. That's, that's the only people in Quebec that ended up doing it. So none in Quebec City, none in Montreal, and the rest were sort of in the Gatineau kind of corridor. Between them. Maybe it had to do with... Maybe it had to do initially with, uh, with a similar reason to what we were saying, what I was saying. And then maybe sometimes there's there's something that you look at, like, it's hard to look at these movements and look at something like that where, like, I forget who it was. I think it was, there was a brewery that, out, that outputted, like, two or three of the, the products at a certain, and it's like, are, should we be jumping on because it's a good marketing thing? Is it something that, mm. is it good to look at this as a marketing thing because it almost seems like it's it's like it's not the point isn't to be a marketing thing it's really to just like try to support as much as possible i'm not exactly sure why it didn't pop up maybe people in the you maybe the people here aren't like there's not many breweries that you could point at that is really let's say being attuned to what is actually happening in the united states i, I think like the what happens a lot of the time is that beer communities end up being in very very like limited and very constrained in their own in their own little environment. So if nobody is really doing it and the only kind of three breweries are popping off a few of these products, then it's like maybe if there's five, six, seven of us, then it might have taken the movement to the next level. But like I think there's a chance that people thought it was just an American thing and uh, there's a chance that it's just it, does, it didn't cross over to them to to realize that this was actually something that people were doing, because mm-hmm. even the um, all together, I guess yes. like, all together did. I think the major difference that there was between all together and any other uh, like kind of just movement thing was that it was based on a very it, it was kind of do it in a very like um, strict window. And I think that's why it became popular. Is it, did Black is Beautiful come right after, like, too close to that one right after, where it's like Ice Bucket Challenge, Murder, like, did great, and then whatever the hell other challenge after that didn't do all that great. Yeah. But is it something like that that happened, or is it just because it was requested to do it in, like, a very tight window, everybody kind of got into it, did a quick little thing, and then, uh, like, pe- it was people enjoyed it because, like, you'd have seven different breweries doing the same all together. And then it was kind of because it was just like a common recipe and a common thing. Sometimes that, like, I, it's something I find ends up being a kind of an important thing in these in these products and these projects is kind of creating more of a shell than people necessarily think there should be, like creating something like. You must do a double IPA with uh, these four hops and and like see who's best and like people kind of like that that kind of challenge. The more open ended seems to always be a little bit more complicated, and uh, maybe just like not as interesting for people to go to do. Like the more the the more you're allowed freedom, the more it's scary. Okay. <laughs> I guess yeah, that's, that's an interesting yeah. point. It was pretty close. I think uh, all together would have been March or April, and this was June. June, yeah, because I'm sure it was inspired. I'm sure, I'm sure, like they considered it, but I'm sure it came 
as like, oh, this was this thing where there was everybody came together to do this, so like it made sense. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Weather Souls would have to be inspired by other halves. No, they were. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's probably yeah, maybe it did come too close and maybe there's fatigue. Also it's like Quebec is very interesting. I think that's like kind of like a whole other conversation, but it's also very separated in general, where like Toronto's like the second most multicultural city in the world. I think London's first, or at least London has the largest black population outside of I know they have a large Jamaican population outside of Jamaica for sure. Mm. But I think like in the end it's just like they're so much more diverse. So I think it's natural inclination to be like, oh like we should jump in on this. Where Quebec is just more even us, we're like Anglos from Toronto. So we're kinda like in a separate section too. If we weren't in craft yeah. beer, I don't know if we would know anyone who was <laughs> honestly like you, I can't even think like yeah, we don't know that many people. We don't, everyone we know is from beer, basically. So yeah. like, we would just be like these random Toronto people by ourselves in the corner somewhere, like living yeah. in Montreal potentially. Like we have like yeah, it's, it's it's I think everything's so separate. So when I think about it from like a business perspective, it kills me. Like if I was somebody in craft beer, it kills me. Like there's that there's this market out there. Like diversity, one hundred percent. But diversity is different beneficial for so many reasons so yes it's beneficial because we have multiple people with multiple different perspectives entering a business to kind of offer like yeah different perspectives and perhaps enhance that business in different ways based on that perspective but from a monetary standpoint it's just so beneficial because you tap into another market that's not that that has buying power so and I think these are the things that people notice but they notice down the line it's like equivalent to like Black Panther for example and so ridiculous I'm sorry to add a comic book reference in here but like Black Panther was one of the highest grossing Marvel films right and forever everybody's wanted deep. to have I think it might be deep everybody wanted to have this like black focused um, movie and they're like it's not going to sell it's not going to sell in China it's not going to do this nobody's going to want to watch it and then it becomes the highest grossing because just if we're talking about like dollars but from a dollar's perspective, this community of people has a large amount of purchasing power. I think four billion in the U.S. Something crazy. A large, one large number. One trillion in the U.S. Oh, one trillion. One trillion pills. Yeah. One trillion dollars of buying eight, power in the U.S. Eight, 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 pills. eight, eight trillion. trillion dollars yeah. in the United States, for example. So it's like if I was an owner of something, and I could see that it was like so easy that there's like this market here that I could introduce, and like even if I was the only one who thought to even be like. And that's where our friends Lost Craft did really well in Toronto because he happened, he was, he is a minority. So he was like, oh, nobody's marketing to minorities. I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden, all my friends, everybody I see, my mom, my dad, they're all drinking his beer just because he had people that look like him in advertising and spoke to them, you know. And he ends up being the number one contract brewer, ends up like just killing it across the board, like top three in LCBO. Like, and it was literally that he found like this gap that nobody was paying attention to. And I think because Quebec is so separate, they're missing this opportunity from like the good positive side of like wanting diversity, but also just like we're business owners. So looking at it from a business perspective and a growing an industry perspective, mm -hmm. it's like such an untapped market that's not there. And why Ontario's going to do very well in this category too is because you bring in this person, this person introduces it to their friends, then all their friends start drinking Dominion City beer or they are start drinking town beer or something like that and we're not having that as much here. So part of link up is to increase diversity in the workforce but also to increase diversity in the industry so that industry grows. Because we want consumers I know that people like me will enjoy the beer. They just need the introduction and it's so much easier to get introduced when you have somebody like who you work there and then they introduce you or you have a friend there that introduces you. So it's interesting that like 
I just feel like I, can, I can't imagine how much money is being left on the table by not by not pursuing these efforts, really, you know. So something like Black is Beautiful would have potentially gone in front of people and then in the end they could kind of take advantage of this in terms of like, okay, good, we're going to donate. What if we make friends with this organization all of a sudden and then we're introducing them to our products and then they're talking. It's just like so much that gets left on the table, I would say. Yeah. yeah. That's my rant on the why you should be diverse in that thing. Sorry for my rant. But, but I think... I think that rant's important, but it's also something it, it puts it puts people like it puts somebody like me, let's say, in a complicated situation where I look at I should I be looking at diversity as an important thing because I can make money with it? Should I look at diversity because I think it is something that's important for just general inclusivity? And it's sometimes uh, like, I don't like looking at that money aspect of it because it's uh, just a little bit less human. Or mm. maybe money is the most human thing we we are, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I don't necessarily like it's it's something that's always kind of difficult for me when I look at that stuff. Is I don't mm. like I don't like trying to see how can I profit from trying to be diverse. I think that like that's something that big companies need to kind of do. It's something that's very important for them to try to like let's say Molson right now should be trying to figure out how they can make products that in like that will be targeted to different ethnicities or something so they can increase their volume of sale. What I'm interested in is how can we create a more diverse, like make it so that, because I was talking about this with one of my brewers today where he had, we were just talking about diversity and the environment and he was kind of a little bit of a loss of why like, why it's important as much if, if somebody wants to have the job, maybe they should just come and get it. I was like, but it's kind of important for people that are like, let's say there's a kid that just sees a, a who cares, a, a black person standing on the brew deck and is brewing a beer and they're like, oh, I didn't know that we could be doing that. And then they go, they go to chemical class, like they go do some chemical courses, they learn to homebrew. And then it's like, it opens up this whole other, this whole, like, we love beer. Everybody that's inside of beer loves beer. It's nice to figure out how can we get more people to fall in love with the products that we want, that we do, because we're all in love with this kind of product. And it's, it's like, that's how I try to look at that stuff. It's like, we, at Brewski, we try to be as inclusive as possible. On the beer side, it's hard. We don't get like, I, I we'd hire, we hire, we would hire almost anybody anywhere, but it's just, they don't, the applications don't come up because is it because there is, it's a, it's a market that gets looked at as being overwhelmingly white dudes with beards. I can't even grow a beard, so it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You got enough people with beards. And you make really great but beer, on, so that's fine. <laughs> on the restaurant side, it's not so bad, but like we, it, it, like our head managers have always been uh, women. Then we goes down down the line, and then like our sous chef is is a black person. Then we have a uh, like we cut. We have at least we ha we always try to be as diverse as possible, but it's just it's unfortunate to even try to look at a staff and then go, hey, we're trying to be diverse. It has nothing to do with that. We kind of hire in people that want to come work for us, and people, and then we promote based on talent and based on people's aptitudes, uh, and we never look at how they are, who they are. But it's uh, like it's not every industry that's necessarily like that, mm -hmm. and it's uh, like we'd like to try to promote diversity as much as possible, but like, it's, it's just always that where can you position yourself? Where should you position yourself? 
Like we don't, we're not like with in the last two years, we're not in a world that allows us to even like choose employees. We could just kind of get what you can have right now. But like, what's been nice about Bruski is that more like the the staff that we have now are people that have been working for us for like on average three to four years, and we've been around for six years. People come, they stay, they get part of the family, and it doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's one of the nice things that there is to come work for us. And because not only is it it's a it's a brewery, it's a brew pub, it's a restaurant, it's a pub. And now it's also a bakery. It's kind of everything. Yeah. And, uh, it's depending on, depending on what you want to do, you could come, and it's always you'll always feel welcome, I guess. Yeah, um, and I think it's good to sorry even from this. the I think what you have to look at it almost in terms of the money side of things is that it's like a pleasant byproduct of the initiative perhaps mm-hmm. so it's like you do you get diversify your workforce and in the end the benefit of it is that like okay you introduce more people that maybe wouldn't have come into your brewery to craft beer but definitely don't think and i think the big corporate thing is probably like all right we need to hit you know like this woman from age 25 to 40 and do all this or whatever like that's like pretty intense i just think it's like a welcoming like a benefit of it that sure. people are missing out on and then maybe you would think differently about the job boards maybe or try to like find ways to get out there it's not easy at all mm. and I think it's what you said even you mentioned like is it because like maybe you're like oh this is a place with a bunch of white guys maybe it's not for me you know and then that kind of like makes turns people off or maybe makes them feel like oh it's sure. probably not my culture or I shouldn't be involved um, I, I think I it could think be that, that sometimes I think sometimes what happens too is that there's a there's a misconception of, of tolerating and trying to be inclusive. Not tolerating is the bad term for it, but like because I think if you talk to most people that are in the brewing world, they they think that the lack of diversity will often be just because um, I guess there's a lack of interest from from other ethnicities, and I think that just is because there there isn't a big push towards trying to include them as much as possible. Right. It's just like yeah. it, like there there's it it just ends up being thirty year olds with beards that come. It's like yeah, but if you figured out how like either like I, what we either have to figure out is I guess products that get. The, that that get people in that like want that style of product is it like because what kind of beer does it does it excites necessarily this population mm-hmm. and also like is it just the is the product already good and is it the product already perfect for that for that group of population it's just it's not marketed in a way where people are like mm-hmm. okay this is exactly this is what i want right now it's. I think there there are like a few little options like that because I think almost every single almost anybody who has a nicely made double IPA rarely met met somebody that goes this is like I don't like this. Yeah, More often than not, everybody likes a nice strong double IPA. It's easy to drink, especially the New England stuff. So it ends up being like how do you get people to sit down and have that beer that's not just the craft beer world, and that could be like it's. We look at the diversity as just being as being even just like people of like lower representation, but it could also just be everybody else that's not just the craft beer world people. Mm-hmm. It's like the craft beer world people are just overwhelmingly us, I guess. Like, <laughs> Do you know what's an interesting? As you were talking, this is what it just hit me now. 
So, because you were mentioning that, like, maybe people don't think it's for them because it's not marketed to them or presented to them. Um, I can't speak for you, but my favorite comedians are these dudes, Deezus and Nero. Right? You might see where I'm going here. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but they have a late night show on Showtime. Uh, they have a podcast. They're the funniest motherfuckers ever. Jamaican dude. Jama- they're both from New York. Jamaican dude and Dominican dude. Um, they constantly, well, I wouldn't say constantly, but they always make fun of IPAs being disgusting. Always. So there's this these leaders of a community and of a culture mm-hmm. making fun of craft beer. But he does love pilsners. He loves he like drinks Bex. He used to drink <laughs> Bex all the time. On the show they have to wrap the yeah. the bottle, but he talks about it on the podcast and all he drinks is Bex. It's obviously a Bex bottle. Mm-hmm. Um but they make fun of it. So it's not only a challenge from outside the community trying mm-hmm. to sell it to people, but within the community you've got leaders that people you know what? You know they're very uh, like hip hop culture type of real black um, cultural comedy. Like it's really like specific to that. If you don't really understand that, it might not be as funny. And they're shitting on craft beer. And every time I do, I'm like, "Fuck, man! I wish, oh man, I wish I could convert. Just give me ten minutes and come to a place like Brewski and then drink through it, and you understand that yo, the IPAs that you're bitching about were from 1997. Like it's not the same." beer anymore and I think that's definitely something that's that that is far beyond the reach of craft beer to be able to rectify um do you have any thoughts then because I guess we're coming on the 45 minute mark doesn't this feel like short look how um uh, we're already (laughs) way past we're way past our mark guys I know I know we just hit 45 minutes so you know um I wanted to maybe like tie bring it home from your side and it's not, you know, leaning on you necessarily for the answers, but what do you think it, it you know, like breweries, say specifically in Quebec, what do you think that they could do to proactively diversify the craft beer industry? And it's not even, once again, there's multiple benefits from the money that Tiff was talking about, from the human side that you were talking about, as in just like, hey guys, like we're all humans, you've got taste buds, of course you're going to like this shit, to also just the community growth, growth. the growth of the, the craft beer community, because like, beer is for everybody, it tastes amazing, Yeah, like it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, there's going to be a style of beer for you, like it just people don't know it, there's an awareness problem obviously. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on, you know, and I would say specifically directed at our uh, glorious Quebec craft beer compatriots, like any thoughts on what they could do or anything that they could do to try and um, either increase their understanding of why it's important, because I think that's lacking heavily, or what they could physically do that's quite doable or maybe not so much of a, you know, a huge task. I mean, just even if it's a small step. I think it's a tough thing because I, as much as, like, I think most of the craft breweries that are the size that we are, like maybe a touch bigger, don't really do marketing that much. Like, yeah, we post on, we post beers on Instagram. We kind of post merch and stuff. We mostly sell, like expose the products that we are, we are making and letting people know that they could come necessarily get it. Um, there's like, and they end up like leaving quickly enough where they don't really require a huge level of marketing. It's not, so it's a lot of the time, that's what like most industries end up having to rely on the bigger players above them to actually develop the market for them. Mm. So somebody like Bagayal that has kind of very similar products to what a lot of us do, just a lot more, uh, like a lot easier to access. 
Because, like, let's say if we end up doing advertisement, you have to come to us. If uh, if you like, Buck Canada does. Good luck trying to find Buck Canada. Come somewhere, you know. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's be inclusive, but also let's not be able to buy our products. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> Craft beer assholes. Man. You guys do a lineup or figure out how to enter your credit card data as quickly as possible. <laughs> you have three minutes. <laughs> so it's not. It's hard to look at. It's hard to look at what we can do as our industry ourselves when it's like when it's it's really kind of hard to even keep beers on the shelves currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so even tapping into the other market and go, hey, we let's we can make more money this way by trying to get other people interested in our beers. Not it's not really something that's feasible since we don't really even have the capacity to get other crowds of people inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I find more important and something I've pushed upon just in, in general, I think that one of the most important places in craft beer right now that gets sometimes underserved is just really like craft beer bars and craft beer uh, restaurants and just places that are more curating the experience than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's like the chances of necessarily somebody being dragged to a like a specialized beer store and purchasing something maybe a little bit more like maybe not as great but the chances of somebody being dragged like brought into a restaurant or brought into a beer bar place that has kind of just a, a nice a nice general experience where the whole thing is like how can we make you experience these different styles of beers, this, these styles of foods? That's where like we can kind of curate a little bit of that, and that's mm-hmm. where like having a nice, uh, a, like as diverse of a staff as you could, as you can definitely have, is important. Uh, but it's just it's tough because of currently we're just like such in a weird crisis of people that we can't find anybody anywhere, so you can't you can't really choose. But after that point, it's also once you hire people, like what was interested about necessarily the link up thing was trying to see how can we train, like how can we choose certain of these staff and go, hey, like we want to train you a little bit more so that you can maybe not because like a lot of people that end up working in restaurant industries are like hired guns, right? Yeah. They, get, they come in for an amount of time. If, this, if the money doesn't necessarily work anymore, they're going to go off and go do another job. But if we can get you interested into like being part of this style of environment, being part of this, this crowd of people, and that if you're going to go off and go work somewhere else, maybe it'll be another brewery, maybe it'll be another brew pub. Maybe, and that's how we kind of lock people into our our kind of environment and then people that just come and see that there's a more diverse crowd because more often than not when i go to a beer bar i'm either getting served by a a craft beer geek dude or just like some girl that's a that's a waitress that's about usually what i'm getting in terms of experience but if you get like there is something to be done there where we can just diversify that waitering crowd and getting people that like just really enjoy these products and they're able to just at, like bring different palettes also to the get to, to 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 the place. Like yeah. one thing that we do all the time is I any time that I have a beer and then we're about to can it the next day, I bring these things out and I get people to try them because there's something that can be done until they're canned. Little modifications, little adjustments, no matter what. And it's nice to have more of a of like a diversified palette than just like the same kind of this is what I necessarily like. 
because everybody's going to go have different flavor profiles that they prefer on, on drinking and prefer just having and that has a lot to do with culture has a lot to do with culinary experience has a lot to do with what your mom used to make for the last 20 years at this point with covid maybe 25 years it's still stuck at home a hundred percent and i love that the palate thing that's always that's a big thing that comes up too is just like you can just end up making like some killer interesting beers because someone you work with now all of a sudden is like oh my mom always used to cook with this and you're like oh what's this ingredient all of a sudden you yeah. make something really cool that you know brings the beer to a whole new yeah a whole new audience as well so particularly you guys who are typically very um, more fun. experimental and fun yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. um no i love it in the interest of time i know uh, we got to wrap it up um let's just take the thumbnail yes yes because yes. that is key this beer is so fantastic yeah i'm loving this bro. so good okay there we go hold up hold up the can hold up the can oh shit sorry there we go Okay, what side am I? What side are you looking at? Okay, I'm looking at. I'm I'm a, I'm the scientist. Okay, cool. Derek, do the hop. I got there that. Go. Okay, right. Oh, that is glorious. Oh, do you want to go back? <laughs> do, do you want to do it again with the with the face? I know you have the. I don't have the good face. There you go. Here here we the face go. is fantastic. Here we go. You got okay. the face. Here we go. Okay, you ready? <laughs> here we go. Other side. Uh, I'm gonna do, hang on. I'm gonna do it here. There we go. This one. Okay, ready? Stupid face. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's stunning. Um, Derek, you're a champion. Where can everybody find Pub Risky online, my man? Uh, I think it's just Pub Risky on Instagram. It is. Uh, uh, then it's just <laughs> Brewski.ca, Facebook. I'm not sure. <laughs> if you search for Brewski, you find it. Brewski dash <laughs> pub and tap room, I think it says. There you go. Something like that. It's not split up. Uh, the Facebook's the same. It is. Website's the same. It's really just like on Google that's split across both. 50% of our phone calls are is the pub closed and are you taking reservations? There that's pretty much what we're doing every time. That's all it is. Such a cool spot, though. So, anyone listening to, if you haven't yes. for some reason been there. And as of right now, is there any link up left? Are they still around? Because you can come right. get them? Uh, I think there is a little bit left. Like okay. it usually lasts. Most beers last a, a week and a half. Uh, we're about to do the release on Friday, so that should wrap it up by like Monday, Tuesday. Should be gone after that. But okay. like, we always we always eliminate eliminate online before eliminating in uh, in store. So we could, like at the at the brewery, there's always a little bit more than what we have online. Ooh, all right. To come have beers. Then they can beers and food. You can leave some cans. There's always cans. Love it. One thing I have to say, can I, before we end, I just always love talking to you, Derek, because you just have, like, such a business, uh, I don't know. You have good, you always have good, good insight into, like, inventory and, like, business operations and, like, how you brew strategically. So I just always, every time I sit with you, I like talking about this. I know it's not, this wasn't the point of this podcast, but I just have to say that. It's just, like, you always have, like, interesting insight and strategy behind it, which I think is really, really cool, because, like, I don't know, business stuff interests me, and I just like that perspective always, so... Yeah, it was a great. If we start our diverse, we talk, um, these, we talk about all these subjects that I don't really have. I never think about them until you <laughs> have to. <talk> <laughs> well, you did really well, and you had a nice, 
you were great and you had a good, it's not, it's not like tough conversations, but they're like good open conversations that we all need to have, right? So that we can continue to like affect change in the industry. Like our goal in the end is that like craft beer ends up taking a, a good chunk percentage out of this overall beer industry, right? And that's just going to come with like more and more people who see it and are interested. And like we try to hit it from all angles. That's all. Now I'm just thinking, I'm like, should we start a craft beer uh, thing store? I'm sorry, not a store, a craft beer bar? That was always kind of an Because we're friends with a bunch of great breweries. It's like, should we start like a craft beer bar and then have like a, when you were just saying it, I was like, no. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. It's, it's a pandemic. Equally, I was like, this would be a lot of work and I'm not interested. How much do you like to, I, I need like to, to stop. I'm already not sleeping enough as it is, so probably not going to be the one. Probably, probably not a good idea. Unless you want to do 60 to 90 hours a week, don't open a restaurant. I already do 90 don't. hours a week, so I probably don't. Don't, don't, don't do it. Right. But 90 hours a week from this couch. I'm doing 90 hours a week as from sitting to on the couch. A restaurant. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, stick around after. We'll, we'll wrap it up. But, bro, thank you so much for your time, man. And thank you again for participating in this. The beer is phenomenal. Your insight and your, uh, you know, you just you give a shit, man, and it's it's always a pleasure to to keep it with you and have you on here. I think you are the the most frequent guest now of all time, so you're holding the record, and we'll keep pushing it forward. We'll just maintain it. Now you're rocking with us. You're on IPA on PR's podcast as well. You know you just you're out here, the podcast king of Montreal. I love it, um, guys. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell, Dude. so you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media at Beer Was Podcast. And of course, at Link Up Beer everywhere, linkupbeer.org. We are taking applications for the program. So if you or anyone you know are identified as by POC and you would like to participate, we can certainly help you get into the craft beer industry. Um, guys, we'll see you next week with the next episode. Get it in ya. Bye.